Welcome to Spirits Podcast, a boozy dive into mythology, legends, and folklore. Every week we pour a drink and learn about a new story from around the world. I'm Amanda. And I'm Julia. And this is episode 78, your urban legends part nine, the beer sweats. Yes, folks, oh. it's going to get gross. It does. It gets a little gross. We get very off the rails very quickly. It's a wild ride. And we have some stories from some of our faves. But first, I would love to give a shout out to some of our newest faves, the newest folks to support us over on Patreon, Cody, Velm, Audra, who's a new legend level patron, and Shauna. Welcome to the show. Also, a tiny dino, which we got literally like an hour before we started recording this. Oh my gosh, such a cute name. And thank you as always to, honestly, some of the stars of our universe, our supporting producer-level patrons. Neil, Philip, Julie, Christina, Josh, Eeyore, Jessica, Maria, Cami, Ryan, Phil Fresh, and Deborah. You all definitely don't know any creepy Kimberly's in your life, and you should be grateful for that. And uh, do you know who could totally pull off crimping if they wanted to? Uh, would that be our legend level patrons? Yeah, Mercedes, Ashley E, Buggy, Rachel, Sandra, Ashley Marie, Leanne, and Cassie can pull off whatever hairstyle they put their minds to. They can. They can indeed. And uh, what we're drinking this week and the namesake of said beer sweats, uh, <laughs> editor Eric is drinking Doghead Fish 120-minute IPA beer. Now, I am not quite brave enough to try a 16% alcohol beer, but it's I, a good beer. I do quite like my boozies, and I have been trying more double IPAs, even though I'm not generally a hoppy type person. Mm-hmm. Um, but summer ales are, are kind of my jam. Jules, what's your like summer beer of choice this summer so far? Oh, a goza, for sure. Salty, yeah. sour, delicious. Just like you. Yeah. <laughs> Usually in a small can, too. It's true. It's uh, it's very adorable, and the packaging is very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you. We are sponsored this week by Sunday Scaries, which are very cool CBD gummies for anxiety and other purposes. You can check out all that they have to offer at 4forsundayscaries.com, where the code SPIRITS will get you 10% off. Yep, that's F-O-R-S-U-N-D-A-Y-S-C-A-R-I-E-S.com. SPIRITS gets you 10% off. Yeah, get that 10%. And before we jump right on in to that episode, we do just want to thank you for sharing the show with your friends. We've had lots of folks tweet us in the last couple weeks saying or tagging their friends and shaming them until saying the spirits, which frankly, we super appreciate. Um, Solid so choice. if you have not yet texted a friend who is creepy and cool and who would completely understand your obsession with God's old and new, Go ahead and do that. You can send them the link spiritspodcast.com slash listen, where you can browse all of our episodes by genre, by type of episode, or by geographical area. Yeah, it's a really easy way to find an episode that your friend or yourself might actually uh, really enjoy. And it's always a good place to start. And we have transcripts available for all new episodes, and we're working our way backward through the catalog. So we, again, really appreciate you sharing the show. It's never been a better time to join. And without further ado, enjoy Spears Podcast, Episode 78, Your Urban Legends, Part 9, The Beer Sweats. So ladies, the last couple times that we've done one of these hometown Your Urban Legends episodes, we have not introed it great. So we are now in the episode. Hey, ladies! So I don't know if this is any better. (laughs) No, is that is that that good? (laughs) You fucked up. It's okay because you're our friend. It's just not what you would normally say. 
That's true. We're in the episode. This this solves the issue of us having to figure out how to intro these. This episode's gonna get weird because I had to turn off my air conditioner to <sighs> to record for the oh, first yeah. time because it's oh, no. properly it's nice out. Again. And I'm also drinking a Dogfish Head 120 minute IPA, which is 60% alcohol. So Ooh. I'm dealing with a rising of temperature and a lowering of cognizance. Yes, the best combo. By the end of this one, it could go places. So good. This is why internet friendship is the best friendship because you don't have to smell each other. Yeah. <laughs> you also don't need a designated driver because everyone's just at home on their webcams. That's true. I know. It's it's very good. Uh, I This puts me in a, in a fond memory of the year we started Spirits. We had uh, Lauren Shippen of the Bright Sessions fame on to record in my tiny studio apartment where we started the show. And it was so hot and we didn't know her very well. We had just gotten brunch and I was uh, extremely hungover. Um, Were and you? I, I don't or, remember or that. sick. I, what I remember is that I couldn't really eat. I think I actually was just like had like a stomach Illness. I think you were sick because yeah. we had that meetup the next day and you're like, I am so sick. Oh, Please yes, don't yes, make yes. me go. Yes, that is what happened. I pulled it together for Lauren. But anyway, I was just sitting there like sweating into my single couch and just being like, oh, God, Lauren, please like me. Same. It all worked out, though. It did. So let's tell some stories. Let's tell some stories. Who wants to start? I will start because I got an email with the best subject line of all time, which is Fiddler on the Roof, but it's with a heck pupper and it's not a musical, which is a shame amazing already sold on it oh my gosh that is so much to unpack if you want me to read an email put a musical in the, in the subject line uh you you know what you're doing so i thought i thought the subject was gonna be two free ipod nanos <laughs> that's always the best subject line in my opinion rip i'm going to just read this email uh, word for word because it's it's extraordinary it. so it begins hey spirits team it's me your boy a new boy a fresh boy <laughs> I'll stop. Okay, stop. Full stop. (laughs) Full stop. I believe in the show, whoever this is, is replacing me. I know. I'm fine with it. I don't mind. This is good. But can they edit is the question. Oh, no, I'm still edit. I'm just not going to be on these anymore because this person is clearly better. Eric's abdicating his throne. Yeah, no, this 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 is a trip. So before I get into the main story, two things. One, y'all are amazing and make my day better, which is something you definitely haven't heard a million times. Two, have a quick list of things that have happened, but I don't have the time to go into now. <laughs> You'll hear from me at a later date. <laughs> this person knows how to structure an email. So uh, number one, my sailor dads met a siren. I've been given gifts from Faye. Very good for seven-year-old me. I've taken up witchcraft and it's gotten me into some weird shit. I cussed out a ghost backstage in my school musical on opening night. The cat. And tons of other things I won't bore you with. Anyway, on wait, to the story. Wait, well, that was no, one I'm of sorry, those. This person is my favorite person. The cat? Just, just the, the cat. cat? Just the cat. I love this person. Oh, I love this person so too. much. I live on Vancouver Island, BC, and it has a bit of a reputation for less than normal activity. Lots of native spirits, of course, and many Japanese and European creatures seem to have come across when people migrated over and stole all the bloody land. Thanks, guys. So sightings of this such a Sasquatch and fae folk aren't uncommon. I, however, was still in my ghost phase. Not that I've left, but I've picked up the folklore by this point. So I didn't have much knowledge of fae, non-human spirits, and the black dog. (gasps) My parents were having a house party, and being the tiny introvert I am, I really didn't want to be around all the people telling me how big I was getting and asking about my elementary school love life. Side note from Amanda, this is not not ever acceptable. Don't ask children about their love lives until they're maybe 30. That's when when you're no longer a child. Yes, it's true. (laughs) 30. 
I'm I'm very happy to be ter- becoming an adult later this year. Aww. It's okay, baby. We still like you, even though you're an old. I went on onto the back deck, where a single low light was the only illumination. Running alongside the yard is a long shed, which I could access the roof from with a bit of clambering from the deck. I sat up on the top to look at the stars, thankful for the moment of peace, when I heard a noise. I thought it was just a raccoon or something, as that wouldn't be too far-fetched. That assumption was quickly dashed like the dreams of a millennial art student. Damn, this they're telling it for real here. <laughs> Fuck. Let me reiterate, this was a shingled shed with only one possible roof access point. It would be difficult for a human to get up there, let alone a dog. But there it was, a big black dog staring at me from the other end of the roof. I froze because, listen, even as an 11-year-old, I still had the common sense to know that this was some sure-fire nature fuckery. No one on our street had a dog like that, and even if they did, this guy was huge, and its eyes were bright golden, not reflecting the light, but emitting their own. A woodsman's double lantern in the fog. Hard no. No. And then it began to run toward me. Hard no! Go away! It ran across a shingled and sharply angled narrow roof toward this horrified little kid who was too afraid to jump out of the way, and also fucking lazy even then. I was pretty sure this was how I died. A big, naughty pupper, Airbud had misled me to my death. It didn't reach me, though. When it was only a few feet away, the dog vanished. It didn't fall off the roof. I checked. Plus, there wasn't any thump or sad doggo sounds. It just- Why would you check? Hold on. Pa- pause. Why, why would you check? Because you got to know if it was physical or spiritual. Because there weren't any sad doggo sounds. <laughs> I don't know. I say you don't got to check and you just go inside and never think about it again until a podcast <laughs> comes along and you go, I'll email them about this. <laughs> Checks out. Maybe this is why I wasn't allowed on the shed. I did the reasonable <laughs> thing and bolted. I tried to tell my mom what she was distracted with her guests. Ain't that just the way? By the way, this whole time, the dog had made no noise at all. I looked it up the next day, though, and as I stated earlier, I hadn't known of shucks slash grims slash heck puppers before him, so I'm sure I didn't imagine this. No death followed it, but soon after, I did end up falling into a spiral of depression and other issues that are still being a bitch. I don't know if that's just a coincidence, but I don't want to write it off, just in case. From Cecil, King of Crawdads. That's an amazing King name. Of Best for oh, last. Boy. Cecil, you should be a writer and or a podcaster. That was fucking awesome. That was great. I want to hear all the other side stories. Uh, that oh, we better included. be getting five more emails, Cecil. I have one issue. My friend Dan is the king of crawdads. How dare you, um, sir? Cecil. From whence does Dan's divine power stem? When we would go to Hinkley Creek in the Cleveland Metro Parks, there's a spot where you could get some crawdads, and he would always get the most. And I can only assume that is some kind of royal uh, royal um, blood he has from the crawdads in order to catch them so so easily. So folksy. Such Appalachia. Not in Appalachia. Northern Ohio, not in Appalachia, just to Pardon be very Appalachia. clear about Midwestern geography. So Midwestern. A prodigious catcher of crawdads does not a crawdad king make. That's do they fair. listen That's to fair. him? Do I'm they do they take comfort from his presence? Do they support his successors? Do they give <laughs> offerings to him? Do they listen to his tax collectors? Do they put his little face on their stamps? 
I don't think so. I don't think the I I you're right. I have no evidence that any of the crawdads did any of that for my friend Dan <laughs> at the age of seven. But listen, Cecil has power of words, and I bet that they are king of something. That's true. That's for sure. King of emails at the very least. For sure. I have an email about an angry mob attacking a ghost. <gasps> Ooh. How dare they? This email comes from Ramus. Excellent name. Um, excuse me? A Remus email following an email about a Grim? I love it. Yeah, no kidding. No it's a kidding. Potter. In the 1880s, a ghost started to appear in the village cemetery in Miamisburg, which is now a suburb of my city of Dayton. So, you know, I picked the one from Ohio. Of course you did. You also, I'd like bitch. to point out this time... I read all the emails. I'm so, so proud of you. It's not going to get super sad at the end. Thank you so much Thank to the you. several people who have sent us emails in the last few weeks saying safe for Eric to read in the subject line. <laughs> yeah, so we're good. We're good with the, we're, we're good with everything I'm, I'm bringing tonight. Anyways, back to the email. Every night she would appear at eight o'clock and wander through the graves there. She did so regularly that people would be more surprised if they didn't see her then not, and she began to make the newspapers. Then people started to show up to see this ghost. Eventually, they started to come from all over the town, then the state, and eventually the whole country to come and watch this ghost woman in the white wander through the cemetery. Not a lot of entertainment in the 1880s. You'll come from anywhere to see a ghost. Or is this the <laughs> first true. street busker? And she is dressed up as a ghost and uh, taking their offerings of whiskey and uh, coins or whatever. I'm going to assume that there were buskers before the 1880s. Probably like a guy playing the lute in like jolly old England. Yeah, fair. It got to crowds of hundreds of people that would come to the cemetery every night to see the ghost and gain the record for the most first-person sightings of a ghost here in Ohio. Love to know the records for all the other states. I would love to know th those, those stats. Me too. Except that the people of Miamisburg were upset about these giant crowds standing outside the cemetery night after night and started to try to move the bodies buried into the nearby Hill Grove Cemetery in the hopes of eventually finding the right grave and stopping the hauntings and thus the crowds. I love that human beings have been curmudgeonly about the same shit for hundreds, maybe thousands of years. Like that. Get off my lawn. You're too you're too loud. It's too late. Go home. Crowds of people annoy me. It's on brand. Day, they did this day after day, but the hauntings continued, and the people began to believe that it was a ghost of a member of the bus family who had been murdered several years before and buried in the cemetery. I said buried weirdly there. Buried. Buried. Someone will probably it. yell at me on the internet for it. <laughs> but when they moved her grave, the hauntings didn't stop. Frustrated by the still-growing crowds and lack of any real solution, despite constantly digging up these graves, on March 27, 1884, they turned out en masse with clubs and guns, trying to beat and shoot the ghost who just continued on as though they didn't exist. Hey, that's not how ghosts work. Also, what an image. I love it. She already beat death. Don't don't bother. Exactly. It's not nothing. What what do you think is gonna happen? It made the news from all over the country. When that didn't work, the next day the entire town turned out and exhumed all of the bodies in the graves in the cemetery all at once and moved them to Hill Grove. That seems like overkill 
for sure. Well, I mean, it's definitely overkill if you're trying to kill a ghost. Am I right? (laughs) 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 While the sightings have slowed down, she's still to this day seen there in what is now Library Park and a branch of the Dayton Metro Library and Carnegie Activity Center, with the latest publicized sighting being in the late 1980s. And Remus has included a link to um, one of the uh, stories back in the day about the ghost. We love links. I do. So we will include that in the show notes. If we become ghosts, one of the ways to summon us is um, to be really like thorough in your linking. We really appreciate that. (laughs) Can confirm. Uh, This story is from our dear friend, Will Williams. Will! And the subject is Phoenix, Arizona's The Kimberly Story, TM. Ooh. Kimberly Story? The Kimberly Story, TM. Is this like, is this about a haunted game of mall madness? God, I hope so. (laughs) Because the name Kimberly, I've never played mall madness, but I imagine at least three of the eight playable characters in it were named Kimberly B and Kimberly D and that's how that's how the 90s worked I remember a lot of Kimberly's (laughs) all right so she says hello wonderful and great spirits team I've got a pretty locally legendary urban legend for you this one is from the Phoenix metro area because Phoenix is too the hell big but if you want to get real specific it's from the East Valley also there's this canal system that runs through the entire area because human beings are not supposed to live in the ridiculous desert I love Will's uh, Phoenix color commentary please keep it coming That'll be relevant later. The canals, not Phoenix being a ridiculous desert. Anyway, this story was told by a local high school teacher who would, as a first person, quote unquote, nonfiction narrative. It was recorded, passed around all the school districts, and played in tons of classes during Halloween. And, of course, passed around by word of mouth. If you say the Kimberly story to someone from the area, you're probably going to get a don't in a reply. Sorry in advance for how long this is, and also. So heads up for like animal death and like general horror tropes. Oof. Here we go. I am excited to dive into this. Uh, me too. Like, something that's that like well known as an urban legend is like or a local urban legend has gotta gotta be good. Agreed. The teacher, back when he taught in Texas, had this student go missing, Kimberly. They tried contacting the family, but there was no response. They assumed they'd up and moved. One day, though, Kimberly comes back to class out of the blue. She's wearing this long white dress, and she looks ill and dirty and like she hadn't eaten, and she's rubbing her hand. The teacher asks what happened, and she says, poor Kimberly. He takes Kimberly no, to the no, nurse. No, yep, no, 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 Not even a quarter of the way into this. Let's do it. Super Not a quarter. Not oh. even a so we're we're at a situation where someone should have called child protective services like three weeks ago. <laughs> so the teacher takes Kimberly to the nurse. The nurse takes Kimberly to the hospital. She's dehydrated and in shock. And once they get her stable, they take her to the mental ward. The teacher and a cop go to the family's house to find out what the hell happened. And her house is real, real old, which isn't unusual for the area. But everything is just covered in dust, a thick layer of dust. The parents' keys are still there. The mom's purse is still there. There's this Eric awful- is shaking his head and <laughs> waving his arms like he's like he's batting a moth away. I hate this. I hate this. So this is the first time like that. I've played up how much I've hated some other stories in terms of like 
pure creepiness. I don't like this. Oh, this is this is straight up like scary stories to, to tell this at night, perfect. volume four oh, no. level stuff right this now. This is what I want out of life. Okay, parents' keys are still there. Mom's purse is still there. There's this awful burnt smell in the house and this awful smell in the kitchen. The teacher opens the fridge and there's a dead cat and a dead dog, totally disemboweled. When they get a report back on the dog, they find that it's been cut apart with an extremely thin, sharp, and precise, like a razor. And there's these long hairs inside the dog. When they run an analysis, the hairs are hollow. The kind you would find on, like, a gorilla, not a human person. The teacher goes back to talk to Kimberly. She's pacing back and forth, staring at walls, talking to herself. He tries to talk to her, but she's not responding to any of his questions at all until he asks about the dog, and she kind of snaps back to herself. She starts rubbing her hand again, and she whispers, They live in the walls. The teacher freaks out because, of course he does, but she's already back to being unresponsive. Nope. The Quit how- your job. Burn your life down. Move out of the country. Goodbye. Why the, why'd the teacher go back? Yeah, why the te- no, you're no, a teacher. No. Go, go teach stats. Oh. The house is searched, and in the backyard, they turn up the bones of the parents. The cops say the bones have been chewed on, but the teeth marks are the same razor-thin, razor-sharp markings. They've got the same weird, long, hollow hair on them. They arrest Kimberly because cops, and because, like, I guess in fairness, what even does one do in this situation? Kimberly, though, has disappeared from her room. They said sometimes she just, like, did this. They'd find her in the kitchen just eating raw meat, but now she's just gone. They go back to the house and they've got some sort of black light, but for blood. So everything is normal, but when they get to the kitchen, it just lights up. There's traces of blood everywhere, but not like in a square around the air conditioning vent. They poke up into the vent with this little flashlight and the flashlight goes out. So the teacher starts to back out until he sees a glow around the corner in the vent system. Uh, The first reasonable thing this teacher has done all episode. He follows the glow through the vents, and then he turns a corner, and bam, there she is, Kimberly, holding a candle, covered in blood, and then she goes, shh, they're here, the ones that live in the walls. No. They grab her, and she's all kicking and screaming, but the cop is like, dude, we gotta take her in. This is extremely the worst. I love I love Will so much. I know. Will Williams dot reviews is her website. She writes about podcasts. If you listen to podcasts, you want to listen to her. That's Will with one L Williams dot reviews. So here is where the retellings diverge. And to be honest, the versions I've heard are way more interesting than the actual recorded versions from the teacher, which you can find on SoundCloud. I have a link. Ah, link it no. Up. no, no, I'm not going to get a curse in my computer. Bad white rappers. Yeah. I uh, super don't want to listen to that. Just like I super don't ever want to listen to 911 calls. Why? No. No. Don't make me do that. So Will says, so I'm going to give you the version I know the best. Because honestly, like, spooky local legends are always the best in later iterations than the originals. Which, hard agree there. I mean, if this has been true to the thing so far, it has been a wild ride. So... The cop decides he wants to figure out who she's talking about, how she's surviving. So they decide to let her go back to the house after setting up a bunch of security cameras. 
Over the day that she's there, they see that she's pacing back and forth, talking to herself and staring at the walls, just like she did at the hospital. But then she lays down on her bed and she hangs her hand over the hand that she's been rubbing. And then from under the dust ruffle of the bed, a long, thin tongue wraps around her hand and Kimberly looks right at one of the hidden cameras and it all goes static. No, that was the worst possible outcome. I was thinking, huh, is it a hand? Is it a cat? Is it hair? Nope, tongue's the worst. They rush in and she's gone. When they move the bed to see what was underneath, they find this hole through the floor going way, way, way down into the ground underneath the house, so far that they can't see to the bottom. The cop gets some rope and the teacher helps lower him down, but pulls him back up when he hears screaming. The cop's leg is just just gone. There's those long hairs all over it. (laughs) So the teacher bails. Like a wise man, he says, hell no, when he gets the fuck out of there. His cop friend says what got him was a chupacabra. And he says, unless you're a goat, I don't know how legit that claim is. He moves to the Phoenix area and he starts teaching. Years later, he's in his classroom and he gets a call from the front desk. He's not expecting anything, so he asks who it is. And the receptionist says, she says her name is Kimberly. He takes the call and just hears a girl say, poor Kimberly. They're here. He hangs up, but he keeps getting the calls every few years. He starts seeing glimpses of a girl in a white dress whenever he's by the canal, and now people say you can see her to this very day. Fucking no. (laughs) It was so fucking good. I'm I'm shocked. No. (laughs) This is the first time I have intently looked at my webcam viewer of myself and gone... Make sure there's nothing behind you. Oh no! A lot, a lot of room behind you, and I got some walls in this apartment. Oh boy! Oh boy! Uh, so there's there's a short film and the story on SoundCloud, which we will link in the description. Um, haunted link. Please don't click. Yeah, I mean I'm gonna click it, but also <laughs> don't click it. It's not worth clicking. It's not worth it. Like if if it if it had ended that that woman died and the house burned down then maybe i would feel safe but i don't that is like straight up like classic good campfire oh it was super good scary story i expected nothing less from will more people should know this story we're getting the word out this is good we are this is like the new guy with a hook hand oh yeah killing teens in cars this is way better and I love that it's like the full name Kimberly because who goes by Kimberly? No one. No horrible one. people. Ju- no, just I'm kidding. Just a ghost. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I, we we know lots of Kims, but not any Kimberleys. I don't think. So, Jules, I know that both of us have uh, talked on the show before about dealing with anxiety, mental mm-hmm. illness, insomnia, stuff that makes it uh, kind of difficult to to live in our own heads. And I know that both of us have made use of whether it's therapy or medication or kind of lifestyle changes, taking care of yourself, you know, doing the sort of self-care that helps make our lives the 
easiest that it is to live. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which is why we are excited to uh, bring on Sunday Scaries as our sponsor this week. Sunday Scaries uh, make these gummies, so gummy treats like the delicious vitamins you used to eat way too many of as a kid, um, mm-hmm. that uses CBD, which I hadn't actually heard much about before we got in contact with these folks. It is a natural compound that is found in hemp and cannabis, but it's not like psychoactive, doesn't get you high. Yeah. It is used for health benefits like anxiety, inflammation, pain, um, and other stuff. It's very personal, like the way that you find it'll help you in your life. But for a lot of folks, it helps a ton with anxiety. And we tried some of their kind of anti-anxiety gummies that frankly, I really liked and I had a really good experience with. Yeah, I mean, I personally struggle with anxiety and I also struggle with insomnia quite a bit. Uh, So Sunday Scaries actually worked pretty well for me. Um, Their formula includes CBD, but it also includes vitamins like B12 and D3, which are like you know, proven mood boosters and supposed to like help you get a little bit more energized, and a little bit more focused during your day. And I really appreciate that because as someone who has some mental health issues that make that a little difficult sometimes, my brain doesn't want to make those chemicals sometimes. This really helped me out. Yeah. And it doesn't, um, you know, impair your like cognitive function. It's not psychoactive in any way. So if this is something that you think may help you or be part of your, you know, kind of holistic mental health um, treatment and generally live in your life and enjoying it a little bit more, you can check out forsundayscaries.com. That's F-O-R Sunday Scaries, S-C-A-R-I-E-S.com, where the code SPIRITS will get you 10% off your order. Yeah. And I mean, try it out. If it's for you and it works, awesome. We are always encouraging our folks who listen to this to try new things, whether it's new stories or, you know, something that's going to help you make your life a little bit better. I know. I wish somebody told me earlier in my life that living does not have to feel this way and the inside of your brain does not have to feel <laughs> this way. Um, but it it doesn't. And again, whether it's talking to friends, going to therapy, making good changes to your life um, or other stuff like CBD, it may be a really helpful thing in your life. So thank you to Sunday Scaries for sponsoring this episode. And let's get back to the stories. All right. Well, on to a similarly spooky but uplifting tale. Thank God. From... I was like, similar? No, no only horror from now on. Similar story. I can't take it. Yeah, I, I did not until this moment understand the difference between horror and just scary, but I get it now. So this is from Alice. The subject is Train Dreams and Haunted Arts Centers. So, obviously, I clicked. So Alice says, Hi, lovelies. I've been meaning to write in for a while. As someone with a strong Irish Catholic and Welsh Protestant background, I was raised with a healthy respect for all things spirits, ghouls, sprites, angels, etc., and I've considered myself to be rather reluctantly open to these sorts of meetings. And quick side note, I really like that phrase, uh, reluctantly open, because I kind of identify with that. I like it. I've had a few encounters, but I would like to share a rather personal one with you. My maternal grandfather served and died in the Second World War, and as a result, my mom grew up largely without him, and I was never able to meet him. When I was about five years of age, I came down with a terrible fever. My mom tells me that just when she was beginning to become very concerned and started to think that they'd better take me to the hospital, I shot up in bed and yelled, stop. I then promptly fell back asleep. Cue mom freak out. Good news is my fever broke within the hour. And uh, I mean, kids are creepy as fuck, right? Can we agree? Kids yeah. are always creepy 100% of the time. Oh, so cre- if uh, Parents, I really, really, really want to hear the creepy shit that your kids say. Please send it to us. 
I mean, also don't. Like, I don't, I don't want to know when your children are like, the shadow man is here. I'm like, I don't want to fucking know that child. Um, put in the subject line, creepy kids that Julia knows not to click, but I really, really want to listen uh, and read all the stories. Yeah, I'm totally down for those, for sure. I recall that moment. I remember dreaming of a train, one of those old black and red British steam trains running down a hill out of control. I remember feeling very distressed and yelling, stop. And the train did. It then calmly pulled into a train station, just a concrete platform with the ocean on its left and the rolling green hills on its right. A faceless, not the freaky kind, I just couldn't make out his features, man in a military uniform approached me and stood on my right side. He gave me a one-armed hug and kissed my head and then got on the train and the train pulled away. I felt instantly calm. Years later, when my maternal grandmother passed away, I overheard my mom and her sister discussing a dream about a train they'd both had the night before. Shocked, I quickly interjected. Wait, the train dream? I've had that. They grilled me, and we had, all three of us, had a similar dream right down to the color of the train. Oh, dope. I love dream sharing. With tears in her eyes, my mom ran to get a photograph, the only one I've ever seen of her father, standing on the same platform in the same uniform parentheses holy fuck by the way (laughs) this is a real train station in wales ah that's awesome i love it my aunt then whispered he used to kiss us on the head too just like you said that night i had a dream that i stood on that platform and i waved to the train as it went past and you know what he bloody waved back (gasps) every so often when i'm sick or stressed i end up on that platform with my grandfather and it's nice to know that he is still out there Aw, that's kind of sweet. That's very sweet. Yeah, I thought it was too. And Alice also included some links to haunted arts centers in Liverpool, New South Wales, Australia, um, where she lives. And I love haunted museums, so I really appreciate the links. Thank you, Alice. That's awesome. That dream is much better than my recurring dream that I used to have, in which I was stuck in a giant box, and I would get out of my bed, and then a giant foot would try to squish me. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, I was in a, I would wake up, I'd be in a giant box, and then there'd be my bed in the corner, I'd get out of bed, and then a giant foot oh, would just no. try to squish me. Did you watch Monty Python on the Holy Grail or Life of Brian too early? No, but I think it involved a video game that I cannot recall the name of on the PlayStation, which when you, because when I would get to the wall of the box, the box would rotate. So I could constantly be escaping. I don't remember what that game was, but there's definitely a game like that on a PlayStation 1. In fact, if anyone knows what that game was, please let me know because I would love to play it again. And also the game Snake, Rattle, and Roll on the original Nintendo in which a giant foot tried to squish the snakes. Mm -hmm. I think I was combining those, but I would have it all the time. Anyways, not important about my dream. That was my (laughs) recurring dream. This recurring dream that she's having is adorable and very, very sweet. Yeah. And I love it. It is super, super lovely. On that note, my recurring nightmare as a child was I would be chased by the Grinch around New York City. Oh, no. Ooh. I was not a fan of the Grinch. It was the animated one where he looks like super creepy when he oh, smiles. Oh, yeah. No, he's terrifying mm-hmm. there. Yeah. No, not good. Honestly, wh- okay, wh- this is, let, let's, 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 let's. Let's dive right into my psyche. Go ahead. No, let's. I don't want to. I I do want to dive into your psyche, but my poll is not about your psyche. My poll is 
which Grinch would be scarier to chase around New York City? The, the cartoon Grinch one. or Jim, Jim Carrey's Carrey. the Grinch? Nope, the animated one. Sorry. <laughs> Aren't you guys impressed that I knew Jim Carrey played the Grinch? I don't know how I know that. I've never seen that movie. I don't have a visual here, but I know the animated one that is Okay, so I would also agree with Amanda, which means I guess this does... We will. I will now psychoanalyze you, Julia, based on <laughs> this little information, this poll that we've just conducted, and that... The cartoon Grinch is less creepy than Jim Carrey's The Grinch. Although it probably wasn't out when you were a kid. I was about to say, to be fair, when I was having these dreams, the Jim Carrey version of The Grinch had not come into theaters yet. Oh, no. I think the animated one is much creepier. Oh, for sure. It's terrifying. Mm. I don't know. I have Mm. a recurring nightmare that my uh, brothers and sister are dying in a fire. Um, and now that well, my- so yours is much more serious than the rest of ours. <laughs> now that my youngest—that's too dark. Now that too my- dark for the <laughs> no, podcast. Listen, listen, my youngest brother is now a firefighter. So See, too dark, too so, dark. Uh, for I, I was telling this to a friend recently, and she was like, "Oh, that's good then, because he knows how to handle himself." And I'm like, "Yeah, no, but I think the probability of him dying in a fire is now much higher because even though he's more skilled, <laughs> uh, yeah. he is in way more fires." So yeah. uh, he's that's in like 100% just... more fires than we were as kids. Yes. Yeah, so if you if you romanticize being real life friends with your podcast faves, just take that little tidbit home. Just remember that for the future. <laughs> Eric, please take me out of my misery and give me another myth. I've got a, a very, very nice story. Ooh. I made sure to rectify my wrongs and find a story that... Uh, was, was was pleasant. This story comes from Emma. So my urban legend takes place a few years back when I was still in college. It was late fall slash early winter, and I took to walking back to my dorm in the dark after I'd finished with karate practice. No. That's awesome. That is awesome, oh, though. Amanda, Amanda, Amanda doesn't like the part about walking back in dark. I love the karate practice. I'm with you on that, Eric. If you have to walk home in the dark after karate practice, like sweaty and in my imagination still in your uniform is the way to do it. It is. It definitely is. It's the best way to walk anywhere, to be honest. (laughs) To get back to my dorm, I had to cross a river. As I'm far from the country and wasn't used to living in such close quarters with other people, I would stop at the river to watch and listen, drawing comfort and peace from the nighttime sounds of babbling water. It became a routine of mine, and I started talking to the river, singing little songs to it, and leaving small offerings, because I felt like it was lonely, or maybe I was just projecting, lol. (laughs) I love it. It's dark, and I love it. Also, very good instinct. If your instinct with creepy shit is to leave it an offering, I think that nine times out of ten is the right call. Correct. I doubted any other people took the time to talk to it. That's probably accurate. Probably true. So I continued this for a few weeks, and the river's presence kind of grew in my mind until I felt like I was talking to another person. Then, one night, when I was alone on the bridge, I asked the river a question. I then heard, clear as day, a soft male voice in my head answering me. (gasps) Whoa. I nearly jumped out of my skin. I looked around, but the bridge was completely empty. I thanked the river, then hurried home, more than a little spooked. I don't think I'll ever know for sure what that was. The only thing I found in my admittedly limited research that fits with my expertise is the Scandinavian nook. That's N-O-K-K. Yeah. But even that doesn't seem to fit perfectly. Any thoughts? Huh. I mean... I have no... I mean, I think what you're doing... I mean, I guess I don't know the answer or the question, 
you're you doing something right is the answer. But it yeah. seems like everything's working out just fine, Absolutely. as far as I can tell. I'm I'm curious what the question was, though I get the sense that it was probably personal and I don't need to know. But um, I would absolutely, you know, counsel you to, like, only ask it important questions. Don't ask it, like, sushi or Thai uh, as you're walking home from exercise and want to, like, get I don't appreciate the idea that that's not an important question. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Julia. Listen, there's I mean, I think you might want to work your way up to that. I think you might want to, <laughs> like, get a few more deep ones in. But then, you know, eventually, you know veggie or meat lovers i sort of approach therapy the same way where i'll i'll walk in and be like so my childhood trauma and then by the time i've been seeing my therapist for several years i'll be like how do i word this text which is not the way you have to do it but for me increasing intimacy means like increasing frivolity of the questions that i'm comfortable asking this reminds me of a tweet that i saw last night during the met gala that we are recording right after yeah in which someone said the only thing i'm going to talk to my therapist about tomorrow is that grimes is dating elon musk yes, and I she saw has that no too. idea I know. who I know. either of those people are and she is going to be very very confused about my passion about it we and talked about this I in the multitude that. team slack for about 45 yeah. minutes this morning it, yep. was a, it was a good oh, time it's so strange so oh there's so much there what what fucked up love spirit is is involved emma also has some book recommendations for all of us she says also if you haven't read fearless girls wise women and beloved sisters heroines in folk tales from around the world by kathleen reagan you totally what? should that seems right jam. up your collective alleys i love it that does 100 sound... does mm-hmm. for sure thank you so much so i have an email from abigail uh, which is titled The Shadow Man. Ooh. Hello. I had a friend suggest spirits to me a while ago, and I've been addicted ever since. Yay, friends that recommend spirits. Do it more. Thank you. Thank you, friend. I was a few behind and I'm currently binging to catch up, including the most recent Urban Legends episode. I've been a big fan of ghosts and mythology my whole life, but I've had one, well, three separate incidents rolled into one experience, particularly interesting paranormal experience in the last year with what I've affectionately referred to as the shadow man since. Uh-oh. I moved apartments about six months ago. While a mostly quiet place, I was told that there used to be an odd old woman who'd sold books on the first floor, who I'm convinced was a witch. She doesn't still live there, but it was the first thing I was told by my coworker when I moved into the place. The building is usually fairly quiet, but not eerily so. Side story, that's become a favorite among my friends. One night, there was a sudden cacophony of people cheering somewhere in a floor above me with a sing- uh, followed by a single Mario-styled, wahoo! And then <laughs> silence again. I love it. But the first time I experienced the Shadow Man was not in my home, but about a block away. I was being driven home by a friend when in an area spotlighted by a streetlight, I saw a dark human figure for only a few seconds. The person I was with did not see anything. We ended up sitting in front of my apartment building for a while talking about ghost stories and leaving it as a weird, dumb incident that very much could have been nothing at all. A few days later, I woke up in the middle of the night to what sounded like a large vehicle rhythmically idling and revving, a weird feeling of a presence and the sudden realization that it was significantly darker than it should have been in my room. Oh, no. 
After realizing this, I sat up to look out the window next to my bed for the source of the noise and everything went silent and the lighting washed back to the way it uh, should have been in my room at night. This was odd, but I didn't connect it to the shadow man until the next time I felt the same presence a few days later in my kitchen. I was getting something out of my fridge when that same presence suddenly hit me and I knew when I turned around the shadow man was going to be there and in fact he was. I turned around and the figure was hunched slightly almost curiously looking into my fridge before it disappeared. Looking for a snack. That's all I want. Same. This is the moment where I either enhance or negate my connection to these experiences, depending on your beliefs, by noting that I am an empathetic person. So presence signatures are a thing I have sort of through constantly. And I feel strongly that these two moments were accompanied by the same presence. I never felt threatened by it. If anything, it constantly seemed curious. But I haven't seen or felt it since these incidences. Despite loving folklore and mythology and the paranormal my whole life, this is the only large-scale incident I've ever experienced. If nothing else, these stories are enough to freak out my friends and hopefully has been entertaining for you guys. Thanks, Abby. That's exactly the kind of uh, paranormal involvement in my life that I really want. Is like That's enough the to acceptable be, amount. Exactly. Like, enough to be entertaining. Like, give me the willies once and, you know, be kind of ghost cat levels of intervening in my life. Yeah, I I think a little bit of spooky, always fine. Too much spooky. I was worried at any point during that story that Julia was somehow going to tie it into the, the Kimberly story. And <laughs> oh. I was just like, oh, no, she's got us. It's two stories of one. They're split up across a bunch of stories. It wasn't that. So I was pleasantly surprised. Yikes. Not that it would have been. It would have been more surprising if it was linked, but still happy. I will close with another tale from a friend from Mike of Potterless. Hello. I'm not going to uh, talk you up anymore, Mike, because people know who you are. And also you have fucking over a million listens to your podcast now, so we don't need to promote you. Your pod moms have over two and a half, but don't worry about that. Whatever, it's fine. Yeah, the, the scary thing is he is going to pass us. Oh, yeah, no, he's super going to pass us. I mean, isn't no. that every parent's dream is to see their kid grow up and surpass them? Anyway, okay. Not this quickly. Not mine. <laughs> he's too tall. Okay. He's in, too eight, tall. in 18 years, it's supposed to happen. That's true. He's like double my size. We have the same haircut, though. So in the future, we can have um, print shirt and haircut contests to see who works. Half better. a multitude oh has God. the same haircut at this point. Yeah, it's true. We're becoming the same person. Oh, wow. Well, that'd be like a fucked up Cerberus with like me in the middle and you guys on either side. <laughs> with the same. And that's the story we're talking about. The story of Amanda, Mike, and, and Eric all transformed into one terrible creature. Called Maya. M-A-E. Yeah. Same haircut. A lot of banter. Anyway. So Shubes uh, sends us a story uh, about Portland. Uh, So he says, I'm not from Portland, but when visiting there, my buddy John, who leads an underground tour of Portland, told me a bonkers story that I think fits the bill as an urban legend, since there is no concrete proof. Lawrence Sullivan was a crimp in the Pacific Northwest. Crimping was a scheme where scam artists would kidnap people into being sailors by either tricking or intimidating them into working for them. Which, can we just talk about the scale of this grift? Like, you kidnap someone to be a sailor for, like, years at a time. I think this is what happened to Tim. Yeah, no, I think this is what happened to Tim. <laughs> um, also, I got, what was it, crimping and crunking confused for a second in my brain. I was just like, no, those, wait, no. 
Those are not the same thing. <laughs> Once a person signed on, now I'm just picturing the 90s hairstyle. <laughs> no, that damn it. crime against humanity, crimping. That was a scam. That, that was, was that. Um, sure. imagine, that was a fashion scam across millions of Americans. Do you remember the infomercials for the elaborate like crimping straightener hair situation? Yes, with like, I can't so many. Them. Why do you need so many attachments? You don't need a twenty-five piece crimping set. <laughs> For, for different levels of crimp. No. Type crimp, wavy crimp. None. None is the right answer. Unless no, that's natural on, to your on, hair. Hold on, hold on. I want to play with Julia in this space. <laughs> Name three more types of crimps <laughs> other than tight and a wavy. Because we're tight. talking about a 25-piece set. So I want you to name one fifth of the types of crimps. So please. you want three more is what you're I want three for. more, yes. Okay, so I have tight. I have wavy. Yes. I have permed. Okay, Ooh. I'll accept it because I don't know what the different types of crimps were. Loose. Loose, that's fair. <laughs> the opposite can- of tight. And you can- <laughs> no antonyms. <laughs> Here, I'm not letting you say medium. That's off the table because that's fine. obvious. Fine, fine. Um, I need I need a fifth type of crimp. The the last one is bedhead. You know what? I'll 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 accept it. I'll accept Thank it. Thank you. I came through. And to be clear, we are ragging on white people that crimp their hair. If your hair has natural awesomeness to it, do it up. But yeah, we're the... talking about specifically blonde ladies named Kimberly from the nineties <laughs> oh, no. who have just naturally okay, good, straight good. hair, and we adding, hate them. Adding some levity back into the the name Kimberly. I'm so sorry to all the Kimberleys that listen. You're 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 not dead. No tongue is going to wrap itself around your wrist unless you want it to. No promises. <laughs> oh no! I got Eric. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Look, if that's what you want, you're going to have a hard time finding it as far as I know. You don't know. Wrapping around your wrist? That is a long tongue. That's what the internet is for, finding those those people who yum the same yums as you. Amanda, you were like on the right path, and then you said that, (laughs) and you went so far off the rails. That's what I aim for. That's what I aim for. That last minute story. I switch it up on you. Keep you guessing. I'm getting the beer sweats. (laughs) (laughs) Wrap it up. The beer sweats have come. Crimping. Once a person signed on board a vessel for a voyage, it was illegal for them to leave the ship before the end of the journey. This is why this is a scam that actually worked. Also, it's unsafe to leave a boat before (laughs) the end of a journey. Especially if you can't swim. Crimps would sometimes trick people into signing onto a vessel by allowing an unsuspecting bar patron to run up a large bar tab and tell them that if they signed this document, they wouldn't have to pay cash for everything they just drank. Hey, love it. Just to be just to be clear, crimps are the people pulling the scams, yes. not the victims. Yes, like like the scam okay. artists, right? Um, so this guy Lawrence Sullivan took crimping to the next level in Portland. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Because <laughs> then I was thinking th- that made me re- think of what Julia was confusing crimping with crumping. <laughs> because I was imagining crumping going to the next level. I was, going to the I next was picturing level. crimped hair that like started one way and then all the hairs branched off into two. And like it was additionally crimped like a tree. This is all horrifying. I hate you both. <laughs> Let's this continue with the, the ba- goddamn this is the story. This is taking this body horror. This is the best urban legends we've ever done. This is taking body Nine horror to the next in, level. We finally nailed it down. Perfectly. This is almost as bad as the Toyota plant. Please continue. No, this is worse. This <laughs> okay, is 100% the best bit worse of all time. And better in both ways. I love that Tube sent us a two-paragraph-long email, and and he has he has induct- indoctrinated us into this space. Okay, so 
Eric, calm yourself. I'm ready. <laughs> oh no, I'm getting the I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to remain calm. I hate both of you so much. Look, the longer it goes on, the hotter this apartment gets, and the more alcohol Amanda, I have drank. Save this man, so wrap this, it so, up. So, like, we need, but, to, we need to power through. But, Julia, the next sentence is that Portland was the crimping capital of the West Coast. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> Why? Why would you do this? Yeah, I love this podcast. They scream laugh about the word crimping. I hate you. <laughs> Why did you break Eric? I'm going to hate editing this. <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. I'm better. I got I'm it. I'm gonna yell about. Sh- I'm gonna yell at troops in the Slack immediately after Do this it. is done. Okay. Hold Do on. Do it. So Lawrence Sullivan, Sullivan in Portland, started advertising an all expenses paid booze cruise to Astoria. I'd go like Astoria, Oregon, to be clear, not Astoria where I live. Okay, because I was like, that's not how cruises work. I mean, we go around the Arctic, I guess. Anyway, I guess that's a long cruise. Panama Canal. First twenty guys to show up got to party. He went bar to bar finding people and quickly, obviously, got 20 to join in on the fun. Once they boarded the ship, he asked them to sign a roll call sheet. The boat was, in fact, a party boat, so all of these fellows thought they weren't duped. These people at this point knew to look out for the scam. However, once they got to Astoria, they approached another ship, the T.F. Oaks, which was not a party boat. By this time, they were all plastered out of their minds, so he got them to board the other boat easily. He handed the roll call sheet to the captain of that ship, and boom, they were crimped. They spent Uh, four years working their way to Marseille, France. Four years, people, the longest con, truly. From where? From Portland, Oregon? From Portland, Oregon to Marseille, France. They went almost entirely around the world. That's not a good way. No, very bad. Sullivan made $160 per worker he handed over to the TF Oaks. A normal I'd do that. <laughs> a normal going rate for this would have been $100, but Sullivan bumped the price up to cover the cost of his all expenses paid portion of the trip. Smart man, good business. It uh, reportedly took one of these sailors 9 years to get back to Portland. Oof. Hey honey, I'm going Whoops. out with the lads. Ugh, again Jeremy fine. 9 years later. See you in 9 years. <laughs> insane i love it oh that was good uh thank you shubes for opening up this hell dimension in our recording and to yeah. everybody Wait, was else there a myth no that's it yeah that was the myth <laughs> <laughs> that was the urban legend <laughs> fuck we the are ur- duped into just reading an email about a con <laughs> wait what if i mean i we got conned into the con listen guys i love cons if you have good articles about cons send them to me i love them yeah, we are willing to open up the, the Your Urban Legends vault where we store all the old Disney movies. Yes, exactly, in there. Into more types of stories. So if you got more stuff, send. if you think it might be something, send it to us. Yeah, don't worry about sure. qualifying. We love reading it. And listen, we wish we could read every person's email on the show, but we do read every single one that comes in. So if you have cool shit to tell us, cool links, articles, especially about con artists, please send them our way. Yes, please. Well, thank you again. This wraps up another Hometown Urban Legend uh, episode. And while I go figure out how to recreate that sweet style of the 90s in my uh, new short on the sides, long on top hairstyle, uh, I am going to bid you all adieu. And remember, stay creepy. Stay cool. Spirits was created by Amanda McLaughlin, Julia Shafini, and Eric Schneider with music by Kevin McLeod and visual design by Allison Wakeman. 
Keep up with all things creepy and cool by following us on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and Instagram at Spirits Podcast. We also have all our episodes, collaborations, and guest appearances, plus merch on our website, spiritspodcast.com. Come on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash spiritspodcast for all kinds of behind the scenes stuff. Throw us as little as $1 and get access to audio extras, recipe cards, director's commentaries, and patron-only live streams. And hey, if you like the show, please share us with your friends. That is the best way to help us keep on growing. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time.